Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Michael is producing the broadcast today. Only an hour show today because we're going to bring you a little matinee Major League Baseball with the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll have that at 1 o'clock today. But right out of the chute, uh, we're going to talk softball because the Gators hosting an NCAA regional this weekend. One of the teams here is Wisconsin. Their head coach, Yvette Healy, now joins us. Coach, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. We're at the airport, but we're, uh, we're excited to make our way out to Florida. Yeah. Um, I've done this with the other coaches that have been on, Coach. If, if a Gator fan's walking into the stadium and, you know, sees your team, what kind of team will they see? You know, I think Wisconsin's always been known as one of those effort teams that plays extremely hard. Uh, we're fun to watch, that there's a lot of energy out there, and uh, we, we like to make it a, an exciting game for the fans. What is the strength of your team, do you believe? Well, you know, this year you've got Maddie Schwartz on the mound for us, who's just done a phenomenal job. She's a a walk-on turned scholarship kid turned ace uh, on the mound. So she's a fun pitcher to cheer for. She, you know, she can spin the ball. She can change speeds. And so um, she's had a lot to do with us us making a run here. And we've got Kayla Conlin, who's just a tremendous hitter who – uh, everyone thought her career was over once COVID hit, and she was able to kind of get reinstated. She medically retired, and she's she's back for a second chance here, and, and she's a fun hitter to watch. Can you elaborate on that a little bit, Coach? That's interesting. She actually retired? She did, and, it, and it's happened a couple times at, at Wisconsin with other players. We've seen it in football um, where you really thought that they couldn't play anymore from a career standpoint physically, and the, the year off with COVID actually you know, helped, helped rest and heal her, and she, she came back and was, and was ready to roll. And so sometimes you get those big power hitters that get banged up and have a couple surgeries, and it doesn't look like their bodies can take it, but she's, she's got a new lease on life. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, from a, a defensive standpoint, you know, sometimes if games are close, you, you want to have a, a good defensive team on the field. Are you pleased with that? I am. I am. We've got some. We've got some defenders out there. You know, when you have a pitcher that that spins it, um, you know, and gets you some ground balls, you better have some defense. So we work on defense a ton. Probably, probably more than the average team that we do a lot of drills working on double plays. And um, we've got a freshman at second base that she's a, a fun kid to watch, um, Ellie Hubbard. And she's turned a, a ton of double plays this year. And, you know, she wants to she wants to lead the country. So if you've got a freshman talking about that at second base, wants the most double plays in the country, I think you, you got your priorities straight. Yeah, no doubt. Your schedule has been littered with really good teams. Kentucky, Virginia Tech, Missouri, UCF. You know, Clemson, you guys have played a very competitive schedule. Does that help when you get to this point? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're a team that always has to play on the road. You know, we're excited to play at great stadiums like Florida because you know you've got the fan support out there, but we've been on the road the whole season. You know, when, you, when you're when you playing softball in the state of Wisconsin, you're only going to get 12, 14 home games. 
And so we're used to this being road warriors, um, but we've played a tough schedule to prepare for it. And man, that ESPN tournament that they did in February, it was just, it was a bear of a tournament, but it was fun and, and we got some big wins. I'm sure, you know, near the end of the year, you would have liked to get more wins, but I'm interested in the philosophy, coach. Um, sometimes a, a, a coach will say to their team, look, we're going to build on what we've done all year, or, hey, we're going to this thing, everybody's zero and zero. What's your approach? Well, you know, I, I think it, it's one thing late in the year to, to lose some games to, to mediocre teams, but I think we just hit a really rough, tough part of our schedule late in the year. You know, Michigan was playing really good softball in Minnesota, too, and we played some great games. And so, um, you know, we, you always want to win, and you want to win down the stretch. It, it didn't work out that way this time, but I think our, kind of our body of work and our consistency the whole year um, has us where we want to be. Yvette, I've asked all the other coaches this. It, it'll be the most cliche question you probably get uh, while you're here, <laughs> but I'll ask it. Um, if things go right for you, if you are to win this regional, what's got to go well for you? Uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting. I've gotten to be a part. I, I played at DePaul University, so I played at a mid-major and got to coach there. And we were a part of winning some regionals and, and getting a small team to the World Series. And, you know, you do need help. It's, it's very rare that you ever see an underdog team do it on their own. That it, it usually is kind of a group effort when you see a team come out of a regional when they're not the favorite, that multiple teams are helping and either giving, giving someone a really tough game, taking them next extra innings, um, you know, stealing a win here and there. So it's pretty rare in this day and age with uh, how dominant the dominant teams like Florida are to, to do it on your own. But, uh, you know, we got to pitch. I think Kayla Conwin's got to be, um, you know, got to be a force in the regional. Um, and, and Maddie Schwartz has got to come out, come out of the gate throwing. And if we defend behind her and you see us diving and making plays, I think it could get exciting. I'm sure your kids are pumped. They are. They're, you know, when you're one of those bubble teams, and you know, I think there'll be some point where we're not a bubble team and you just are perennial. You're in and you know it and you're just waiting to see if you host. But, gosh, it is fun, you know, getting excited about the name coming up on the board. And, you know, as a coach, there's a ton of teams out there in the country that you grind all year long and, you know, they, they don't get to play in the postseason. So we don't take it lightly. And I feel like we're kind of representing a lot of those cold weather schools that are are out there you know trying to trying to play this this warm weather sport and be on the road and so when our name comes up we have a lot of pride for our conference and for all those cold weather schools well i know uh, that you know you're at the airport so i really appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time before you go safe journey here and thank you for taking the time Absolutely. Do you have any advice for our first time to Gainesville? Uh, I mean, we're, we're asking everyone. We haven't been here. Is there anything? It's warm. Besides, I can tell you that. Besides playing softball and, yeah. and bucket list things that everybody knows. Yeah, it's and, and, and you're going to love the fans. I, the, the, the fans here really support the program. They're knowledgeable fans here. You know, they like seeing good softball. I think I think you'll see that when you come here. Well, we appreciate the coverage right out of the gate to see this kind of passion. Thank you so much for, for the support. You got it, Coach. Safe journey here. Thank you. That is Wisconsin's softball coach, Yvette Healy. And I'm going to tell you what. When you do play, I, I think I said this on air. Um, when I went to uh, Minnesota when my dad passed, um, it was in the month of April. And when I was there, it snowed. It snowed. So that's why when she talks about, you know, cold weather teams, 
they don't that's why they travel a lot to play because they have to have the weather condition to be able to play uh it's not uh the easiest thing today uh if all goes well uh in just a couple of minutes uh we'll be hearing from the the new gator soccer coach samantha bohan and uh we'll also hear from uh gator volleyball player gabby essex in our cooperation with uh the gator collective and uh once again we're only going to be doing today's show until one o'clock when we bring you Rays baseball but we will take your phone calls, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com, and uh, we can talk sports with you. Um, so let's get to a couple of uh, emails. Jim says, is Derek Fabian hurt? No, um, he is not hurt. Um, in fact, uh, that was just a lineup change that, that Sully had made, moving Halter to third because Derek Fabian – wasn't hitting, um, and you know I, I think now I'm, I never say never, um, but I, I think Halter will probably stay at third. And he says, "Can we have 15 strikeouts against South Carolina and win?" Yes, yes, because I don't think South Carolina is a very good hitting team either, and they've not been a very good hitting team on the road. So I, I think if if there if Florida is able to uh, pitch to Carolina, uh, they, Florida could survive 15 strikeouts like they did last night and win, Jim. So I think that would happen. Matter of fact, if, if you look at the SEC-only stats before last night's games, um, in SEC games, South Carolina's hitting 253. The Gators were at 244. And South Carolina's team earn run average is over six in SEC games. So, yes, you, you, you can survive that. We're going to be talking with um, the New Gators soccer coach, Samantha Bohan, next, 12-12. Time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now. On ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Ross Kaufman. Gators baseball was once again victorious last night against Florida State. The team has now won 11 out of their last 13 games. They'll look to remain hot at home tomorrow night against South Carolina. Gators men's golf is currently competing in round three of the NCAA Regional Championship. At last look, the Gators are four under par and five strokes behind second place Florida State. The top five teams advance to the championship. Gators lacrosse continues its NCAA tournament journey into the quarterfinal as they face number two seeded Maryland on the road tomorrow at noon. The Tampa Bay Rays finished their home series this afternoon against the Detroit Tigers. Coverage begins right here at 1. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ross Kaufman. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Folks, if you have a home to sell, you're probably curious about how much money your home would sell for in this seller's market. Well, the fact is, home values are at historic highs. The challenge is, you're also probably concerned with the things you can't control. Low inventory, rising interest rates, and well, some other things too. High prices, inflation, etc. Well, that's why I strongly recommend you call the agent I trust 
to help you answer your home selling questions. That's Scott Caldwell with your home sold guaranteed realty. He's got programs and solutions to help you in any situation. Written guarantees thousands of buyers, creating higher demand and multiple offers. If you need to sell your home and stay in your home until you find your next home, Scott can help you sell stress-free and put you back in control. Your next step, call Scott Caldwell, 352-209-0000. That's 352-209-0000 or visit caldwellhasthebuyers.com. Life is all about choices, veggies or meat, sleep in or hit the gym. Luckily, choosing Cox Internet over AT&T is easy. With Cox, you can always choose Internet that can deliver speeds even faster than 5G providers. With AT&T, you don't. That's easier than packing a swimsuit for the pool. Get Cox today, the no-brainer choice for fast and reliable Internet. Based on GigaBlast download speeds up to 1 gigabit per second compared to average download speeds over 5G. Download speed up to 1 gigabit per second requires Cox's 3.1 modem with 2.5 gigabits per second Ethernet port. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Motorists, bicyclists, and motorcyclists all have the right to be on the road and travel safely. Drivers, watch out for bicyclists and give them three feet of clearance. Always be on the lookout for motorcycles and never attempt to share a lane with one. Drive cautiously around large buses and trucks and remember to never cut in front of them since they can't stop as quickly. When we're on the road together, safety is a shared responsibility. A message from the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. We're all on this planet together. So join Odyssey in counting down to Earth Day. With 21 days to go, here is one thing tip number one. During the spring and summer, hang your clothes outside to dry instead of using the dryer. Not only will you save electricity and money, but your clothes will get that fresh outdoor scent. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Gator baseball season is in full swing. And you'll catch every second of the action right here on WRUF. Gator baseball broadcasts are sponsored in part by Auto ER. Auto ER for the life of your car. Protect your hard-earned savings from inflation with Radiant Credit Union's Adjustable Rate Certificate. Many investors are waiting and watching as interest rates continue to climb, but inflation could be eating away the value of your savings. Our new Adjustable Rate Certificate lets you invest now, knowing that twice each year, your rate will automatically adjust to keep up with interest rates. Learn more at RadiantCU.org protect. Radiant Credit Union is federally insured by the NCUA. Hey, sports fans, spring sports season is here. Basketball, baseball, softball, track and field, and the spring football game. Boy, am I excited. Well, now is the time to prune your trees and start preparing for those nasty summer storms. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Daughtry Tree Service today for your free evaluation. 352-472-2465. That's 352-472-2465. Or check us out online at Daughtry Tree Service. We believe a job worth doing is worth doing right. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. 
Welcome back to Sports Scene. Again, today, an abbreviated show only till 1 o'clock. We're going to bring you a little afternoon Major League Baseball with Tampa Bay Rays. Right now, though, uh, a new face on the Gator coaching staff joins us. My first time to interview the new Gator soccer coach, Samantha Bohan. Coach, welcome, and uh, I hope this is one of many we will do. Thanks for taking the time. Of course. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, The most obvious question. What attracted you to this job? It's it's uh, how long do you have? How long does show you since an early early exit at a one? No, I mean I, I've grown up in Florida. I've played against Florida as a player. I coached against Florida as a coach in another SEC school, and I've lived in Florida for thirty plus years of my life. So I'm very aware of the wonderful tradition of Florida athletics in the soccer program, as well as the potential um, and the investment that they put in the student athletes. You know, one of the things that I really like when Becky Burley was here, Coach. I, I'm not a big soccer guy, so she would teach me. So style <laughs> of play, okay? Yeah. You know, Becky would talk about, you know, the different ways to play. But is there sure. a philosophy you have in terms of the way you play? I think just in general, one of the things I try to do first and foremost is just assess the team and what are the strengths of the team because it can change from year to year. Um, what are maybe some of the deficiencies, and then trying to figure out a system that highlights the positives. Um, but in general, a style of play is you know, a, a balance of possession, but also if, if you need to try and catch somebody quickly, that you have a little bit of both. So not possession to a fault, um, but certainly not a direct style, which is where you, you, know, you look to play forward as fast as possible. Um, I, I imagine being in a place like Embry-Riddle, you were there for a long time. What, I, I know this is a great opportunity for you, but the, was there a tinge of sadness leaving there too? Oh, oh yeah. I, I jokingly said I'm dehydrated from all of the crying <laughs> that, um, that, I, that I've done. You know, I, I came to Embry-Riddle uh, as a single woman, um, you know, and ended up getting married and having all three of our children. Two of our three children were born on uh, season openers so they literally like traveled with us on the bus and I had the same assistant for 12 of my 15 years and there's just so many incredible relationships at Embry-Riddle and I am so grateful for that because I know wholeheartedly that those 15 years really prepared me for this experience and then my family's here you know my parents live about 100 yards from our house and my brother's about a quarter of a mile um, away, and then my other brother is about 25 minutes away. So there really is kind of a family um, here in Daytona, but I think they're really excited to, to make some trips to Gainesville. It's not too far. Um, I, I guess the next logical question uh, would be, you know, for fans who don't know, you had some time as an assistant coach in the SEC, so you've seen firsthand, uh, you know, what the SEC does in this sport. Um, is there, and you play at Duke, is there a lot mm-hmm. of difference coach in, in in playing the game regionally or is it pretty much the same yeah I mean I think a lot of conferences have maybe a little bit of a stereotypical style but I think there's some variance within from team to team um, you know the SEC is really athletic so you're always going to play against players with pace um, you know you have some teams that will what we call high press so they'll put you under pressure high up on the field um, you know, there's really good coaches. I know a lot of the coaches in the SEC. Um, I've been friends with them since I, since I was at Tennessee. Um, so it's a really, really high level of coaching, and a lot of uh, coaches have been there for a long time. So I think that speaks to the competitiveness of the SEC. I have to ask this because I've asked okay. this of every coach. I think you know what's coming, <laughs> okay? 
transfer portal, NIL, that's not going to go away, I don't think. So, I mean, I know you have to roll with it, but do you have any specific thoughts on those things? Yeah, you know, the transfer portal, there's good things and bad things about it. I think, um, you know, and they've made some uh, some legislation uh, adjustments this, this spring, which I actually think maybe helps the universities protect themselves a little bit. So the new legislation is once uh, if a if a player student athlete goes into the portal, the school is now no longer obligated to um, renew their scholarship for the following year. So now there's a little bit of consequence, you know, if if a student athlete goes into the portal. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm a big proponent of finding the right fit, and you obviously want to get that right the first time. Um, but if you find for various reasons that it's not the right fit, I'm at least glad that there's an option that's kind of streamlined where um, people can maybe try and find out the second time around. Final question, and again, I'm going to probably be ignorant on asking this. When you recruit a kid, is there a certain mm-hmm. kind of athlete you recruit? Do you look What certain things do you look for in getting a player to come to your school? Well, the first thing I look for is actually the person. I think that that's really important. There's plenty of really good, talented players, but for what we want to do and the culture that we want to build here, that person piece is, is paramount. So we look for somebody that's going to be a good teammate, that's going to celebrate other people's successes, that's going to be willing to be kind of blue-collar and work really hard, has a grateful heart, just really appreciative for the opportunity here. So, I mean, that's kind of the starting point. Um, and then you obviously look for, for the talent. And I don't think I have a particular, like, style of player because I think the way, you know, I've played in the past, there's kind of a role for everybody. So if you have somebody that's pretty pacey and really good speed, you know, there's a role for them. If there's somebody that's maybe a little less mobile but really technical, there's a role for them too. So I think you'll find that that our programs, you know, in the future will have a little bit blend of everything. Samantha, it's good to talk to you. I hope we get to meet and you can come up to the studio and we can take questions from people who want to ask you. So thank you for taking the time to do this and uh, welcome to the Gator family. Thanks. Go Gators. (laughs) All right, Samantha, thank you. Yeah, I love that. Samantha Bohan, she is the new Gator soccer coach. Uh, All right, let me get to a couple of emails here. Vince says, uh, has the home run to win the game last night landed yet? Yeah, Thompson really crushed it. I heard you and Jeff talking about the bottom part of the order and their lack of production. Are we at a point we don't have any other options? Are they in there for defensive purposes or what? I'm a sporadic fan, so apologize for not knowing the answer. Always glad to have you on the radio. Vince, no. There's not a lot of infield options on this team. There's just not. And so you you move Halter, who's a veteran guy, to third base. You put Thompson, who's really hitting, at second base. And then you hope you can add a bat, you know, in the outfield. Uh, Evans has been a little up and down as a freshman, but he had a good night last night. So I think that's what you're really trying to do. But the pitching in this league is dominant. I mean, there's no SEC team in SEC games that has a team 300 batting average. None. Even Tennessee, even Arkansas don't. So that's the pitching dominates. And as long as those arms are doing what they do, Vince, um, you know. But, but I, I will say, uh, you know, Jeff and I agree on this, that I do think this team can be pitched to, and that's why 
the guys that are, that are producing have to continue to do that, and you hope you get some other people to help out uh, up and down the lineup. Thank you for that. Uh, William says, my initial thought last night, uh, after Langford got on base in the ninth, I'm walking Thompson. As unconventional as it sounds to put a runner in scoring position, you remember Buck walked Barry Bonds with the bases loaded and won the game. Do you think there's any merit to walking Thompson? Um, and I get where you're going because you have a guy next who's really uh, been struggling. Um, but I think the mistake that they made, William, was on the pitching front. Okay? I understand the book, the book says bring a lefty in the game. All right, left on left. I get that. But the dude who was pitching was threw a really good changeup and his ball dropped off the table. So even if it's a right-hander and you put a changeup on the outer half to Thompson, if you locate it, he's not going to hit it out. He's not. So I think that is where the mistake was made, not in necessarily, you know, walking Thompson. Uh, but look, he, I'm not going to sit here and second-guess a coach. He knows his personnel better than I do. But his numbers, the lefties' numbers, weren't very good either. So that's why I think you, you question things. By the way, the only SEC team to lose last night that played, South Carolina. South Carolina lost 8-3 to to Charlotte. So they're, they're not coming in doing great. 1227, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Live from Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Kids are amazing. And at Florida Kid Care, we think their health care should be amazing too. That's why millions of Florida's kids from birth through the end of age 18 get their health and dental insurance for free or at a low cost. And your child can too. Apply today at floridakidcare.org or 1-888-540-KIDS. That's 1-888-540-5437. Who can you trust with your automobile these days? Hey, it's Steve Russell. As you drive around town, you'll see a lot of auto repair shop chain stores. Every time you go in there, there's a new person behind the counter with the same old song and dance, presenting you with a long list of expensive repairs. If you're tired of that type of treatment, do what I and thousands of families have done since 1975. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. Dave Mays Automotive is family-owned and operated, and you can tell because they treat their customers like family. No long list of surprises. In fact, their famous bug checks designed to prevent surprises. They do it all. They'll take care of your entire vehicle. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. They'll get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive. We get the bugs. All of them bugs. It's time to celebrate outdoors. Hi, this is Tom Collette at Electronics World. Let Electronics World help you upgrade your lanai, pool deck, or backyard space with outdoor TVs from Sunbright and Samsung. Outdoor speakers from Yamaha, Sonance, Speakercraft, Kef, Martin Logan, and more. 
We've got everything you need to entertain your family and friends. Come see and hear for yourself at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. That's electronicsworld.net. Hey, it's Steve Russell telling you about my friends at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries, where better ingredients make better meals. You love the great food like the classic burger, their great salads, and their 100% all-natural chicken burger. And now, back in season, the Key Lime Milkshake to add to their already great flavors. And don't forget, Dick Mondell's looking for new team members, looking for competitive pay, flexible hours, and paid vacations for serious service-oriented workers. Come build the freshest burgers in town by contacting jobs at dickmondell's.com. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. After this morning's fog has burned off, our forecast now for north central Florida includes a lot of sun and heat. Partly cloudy skies today, high low to mid 90s. The wind southwest at about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy will drop to around 70 for the overnight low with a light wind. Then for the day Thursday, more heat, partly cloudy, and the high near 95. From the UF Weather Center, I'm Randy Wright. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Three-time All-NBA defensive team, Patrick Beverly. With CP3, would you deem him as a top five point guard to ever play the game of basketball? Top ten, that's pushing it. Mm-hmm. Top five, though. And there's no discredit to CP. He's going to be a Hall of Fame, of course. But, I mean, we talking about some studs, man. If you give anyone the keys for that long, you should have those numbers. Key, J, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM, WRUF. Today's been a fun day. Uh, because I got to interview the new Gator soccer coach for the first time. And in our uh, cooperation with the Gator Collective, it's been really fun for me to interview some Gator athletes that maybe I wouldn't get a chance to normally do. And that's what's going to happen right now because we're going to talk to Gator volleyball player Gabby Essex, the middle blocker uh, on Mary Wise's team. Gabby, it's good to have you. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, all right, I want to I want to delve a little bit into some things that maybe fans don't know. You're an Alabama native. Why did you choose Florida? Yeah, so I absolutely love Mary Wise and the program that she's built. I've actually um, began watching Florida volleyball because of my mom uh, when Ramon Alisson was here in. About 2016, 2017, those were the first years that I looked at Florida volleyball. And then once they sent me a letter after viewing me in March at a tournament in Kentucky, I just knew pretty much that I definitely wanted to look into Florida. And it it was a while before I committed in 2019, but I just knew that like the program, the academics, the athletics, everybody, just the support staff, everything, I had to be a part of it. What do you think in your freshman year was the biggest difference you saw between high school and college volleyball? Um, The detailing and everything, just the attention to detail, how much each aspect of the game has, like, detailing in it. Like, when we're serving, there's 
three different things that we have to look at instead of just like, hey, toss the ball, get it over. It was very <laughs> simple. I'm from Alabama, so uh, volleyball isn't very high level there. So we have to travel far and wide to find really good competition. Really? Yes. Most of our tournaments were up in the um, mid-east, so <laughs> it was a lot of long weekends in the car, but very worth it. Wow. Um you mentioned Mary Wise. I mean, she's an icon here and a legend here. You kind of touched on it, but how is she and her and this coaching staff, how is it to play for them and compete with them? It's truly amazing. Like, Mary has instilled so much confidence in us as players, and then Dave has created this wonderful, detailed program that helps each of us um, when we have a new wave of players. It's a very simple way to understand it and then just taking it from like a classroom style session and putting it out on the court has just driven us to be able to perform as well as we can and then having Asia Ambler on the staff has just been so amazing I didn't have a chance to be recruited by her but just getting the chance to travel with her and see her in the, in the gym every day she just makes everything so amazing and like some of the recruiting visits that we've been able to host have just been better than I could have even imagined what can next year's team look like I think we have the ability to look like whatever we want because we've lost not lost, but graduated so many seniors. Uh, we are quite a young team. We've only had about two people um, be on the court consistently, especially from last season. So I think it's a really good opportunity to be able to kind of rebrand our um, our culture as a team and then just be in it all together. And it's more like an equal level thing because nobody's really been through it, like a full spring semester or like a full season because we all came in like during COVID. So it's been very different and we kind of have the opportunity to take things into our own hands. And it's funny you mentioned that. I'm sorry. It's funny you mentioned that, Gabby, because I was going to ask that. I mean, you, you're going to look back 10, 20 years ago, uh, years from now, and think we came in during COVID. I mean, it, it, it's going to yes. be a historical thing. How was that? How difficult was that navigating all that? Honestly, I believe that um, our 2020 class with Nady, Sophia, Ellie, and Birdie, they've had it like the hardest because they were in and out of like COVID, back-to-back seasons. Um, Merritt and Bree definitely came in in the spring early, but I get Trinity and I came in with like vaccinations and a little bit more leniency. Like we definitely had to come in, wear masks in the gym and on the sidelines and on the court. And there is, I think the biggest difference was like talking to our seniors who were there like 2018, 2019 versus like us now. And there's like a whole new scheduling for SEC matches and like playing back to backs instead of like, going like one rest a day and then another game so it was just like a really interesting scope because marley i was talking to marley and she was like oh like i think it's really different and i kind of like it and i was like i wonder what that was like to play in that <laughs> schedule because i know i just be volleyball and i turn it on <laughs> so yeah um one of the things i want to touch on here gabby and yeah and, and i'm guilty of this you know when mm-hmm. when fans watch college athletes compete um, sometimes they forget 
you're human beings. You know, you go yes. to class, uh, you've got, you know, issues like any of us do, and yet you're expected to, you know, be on all the time and perform at a high level. How important is the mental health aspect of things for you as a student athlete? It is my top priority. Like, just seeing everything that's happened throughout the, like, student-athlete community and how many people we've lost recently is just really sad. And it's sad that it takes somebody to take their own life to finally talk about it. But there was a moment when I was watching, like, our basketball teams, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, come on, guys, like, pull it together. Like, you got this. And then I, like, take a step back, and I'm like, it's a game. Like, just how many <laughs> games they're playing. Like, they have a full athlete schedule just like we do. And it was just, like, really, like, just eye-opening because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, we have this, this, and that. And we're just talking about, like, this athlete schedule. We're not even thinking about the regular life things that people are going through. And as much as, like, it's super fun to do, there are moments where it's just like really hard and I feel like if people took a second just to step into our shoes, there would be a lot more understanding culture. All right. I'm going to end with this. Um, in this world we live in now, Gabby, of NIL and all of that, if there's critics of it, you know, they would say, well, look, if Gabby is making, you know, I'm going to throw a number out here, $50,000 and everybody else mm -hmm. on the team is only making $5,000. Well, that's going to create dissension. You know, so I'll ask a two-part question to end. Is that possible? And, and what do you think of the NIL from a student-athlete's perspective? Okay, so the first part of the question, I think that we all um, are really, really excited and happy for each other when somebody makes money. Like, obviously, sometimes we're like, oh, like, I wish I could make this much. But at the same time, I think especially as female athletes, we're like, oh, just to make any money is, like, really nice because there is, like, the inequities within women and um, men in the sport. And, like, I think that's another thing in, like, my NIL stance. Like, I think it's really good because um, a lot of student athletes, like, sometimes their first time coming to college is the first time they have, like, a bed and the first time they have a meal and they don't have to worry all the time. And this will allow them to money home and help out their family so i think it's good in that aspect but i do think there should be some regulations on it because i don't i feel like nil is kind of buying athletes in some moments in oh, a way yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah when it's like ridiculous amounts of money like i think there should be like a cap to the to the amount of money made well it's been great talking to you, and I hope Gator fans have gotten a chance to know you a little bit besides being a, a volleyball player as a human being, and that's what I really try to do in these things. So thank you very much for talking to us and taking the time. Thank you. Yes, it was great speaking right. with you. Thank you, Gabby. Gabby Essex, Gator volleyball player. And, I, I, you know, I'm not throwing stones at anybody because I'm guilty of this, Okay. Athletes are no different than Michael, me, anybody. You know, they've got off-field stuff. They've got, you know, stuff going on in their lives. And I think sometimes fans do forget that. And as she pointed out, sadly, we've seen um, some college athletes around the country uh, take their life over the pressures of being a student athlete. It's really sad.
Again, uh, we're only going to 1 o'clock today. We're going to bring you an afternoon game with the Tampa Bay Rays. So if you have a question or comment you want to get in, 392-8255, and you can email srussell at wruf.com. And uh, we hope that you will do that before um, you leave today. PGA Championship starts tomorrow. That's another thing uh, that's going on in a, in a very big week. Gator Baseball uh, starts their series with Carolina tomorrow. Gator Lacrosse plays tomorrow. Uh, they will play Maryland in the NCAA tournament. Gator Men's Tennis uh, is in the NCAA tournament as well. So, uh, and again, softball you know, begins on Friday. So there's a lot of stuff uh, that's happening here uh, this weekend. And it should be a lot of fun. 1242 time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Ross Kaufman. Gators baseball was once again victorious last night against Florida State. The team has now won 11 out of their last 13 games. They'll look to remain hot at home tomorrow night against South Carolina. Gators men's golf is currently competing in round three of the NCAA Regional Championship. At last look, the Gators are six under par and three strokes behind second place Florida State. The top five teams advance to the championship. Gators lacrosse continues its NCAA tournament journey into the quarterfinal as they face number two seeded Maryland on the road tomorrow at noon. The Tampa Bay Rays finished their home series this afternoon against the Detroit Tigers. Coverage begins right here at 1. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ross Coff. ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Well, all you have to do is look at a gas pump and look at the price of the gas. You know what we're paying now. So the decision you make in purchasing a vehicle is really more important now than it has been in a long time. And that's why my friends at Southeast Car Agency is a place I highly recommend. All they do, all they've ever done in 40-plus years of uh, service is sell you late-model, low-mileage vehicles, no new vehicles. They don't depreciate as soon as you drive them off the lot. And they also know everybody has different choices they want to make. Cars, trucks, SUVs, foreigns, domestics. All kinds of vehicles are there. They strive to give you the best selection possible. Go online, secars.com, and you'll see the vehicles they have in stock now. Go see them in person over at Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville, and you can test drive these vehicles, and their sales staff is there to answer any questions you might have. I've been a proud customer of the Cousins family for a long time, and every one of the vehicles I have purchased have been great. Same thing will happen with you, I promise you. When you go see him in person, tell him Sports Scene sent you to Southeast Car Agency. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. 
Warriors Gridiron Grill is a special type of place for Gator fans and fans of great food, which is why we've made every day special. Join us on Martini Tuesdays for half off our handcrafted martinis and Wine Wednesdays, where you can enjoy a bottle of wine for 50% off. And of course, don't forget the incredible Spurrier's Gridiron Grill brunch every Saturday and Sunday. Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, the hottest restaurant in Florida in the heart of Gator Nation. The forecast calls for warm gulf breezes blowing through your hair and soft sugary white sand below your feet. Along with mostly sunny skies on outdoor patios while dining al fresco. Cool, colorful street murals mixed with world-renowned art museums. And around sunset, there's a chance of fiery orange skies over emerald green waters. So immerse your senses in St. Pete Clearwater and start planning your beach escape at visitstpeteclearwater.com. The following is a commercial announcement. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Scared money don't make money holds true on and off the field. This is Gators head football coach Billy Napier. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF is Gainesville's only sports radio home for all things Gators. If your business can use a boost in sales, let Peter and the gang help. Contact the radio home with the orange and blue by logging on to WRUF.com and clicking on the Contact Us button at the bottom of the page. From the diamond to the dugout, we are your home for Florida Gator baseball. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM at 8.50 a.m. WRUF. Tomorrow on the program, Kevin O'Sullivan, Gator baseball coach, will join us. So will Dick Girardi. As if you need any other big events coming up, the Preakness is coming up, and he will preview that horse race after the monumental victor uh, in the Kentucky Derby, who is not running in this race, by the way. All right, we got uh, 10 minutes before Ray's baseball comes your way. 392-8255. Email srussell at wruf.com. BB says he agrees about players forming a union or getting representation to get money from the TV contracts, but he thinks it'll happen sooner than later. He believes that players not receiving the larger NIL money will want more, and asking for the TV contract percentage is the perfect way to get it. With gas approaching $5 a gallon, you know, just, just saying that is crazy. But anyway, and food prices up. Uh, the timing on ESPN taking some sports playoffs off the SEC network and putting them on an additional cost ESPN Plus couldn't be worse. Well... I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but yeah, I I hear you. Uh, David says, what do you think the chances are we can get a college hockey team at Florida? Here's the problem. It's always been this. I don't mean Title IX as a problem, but, but you have to have 
uh, an equal amount of sports. And Scott Strickland would be able to tell you more than I would. But I remember Jeremy Foley saying, if you add a men's sport, you'd have to add like two or three women's sports. And I guess the other question would be, um, where do you play? I mean, what, are you going to go to Jacksonville to play? I mean, that, that, that's the other thing, I think, David. Um, now, could you have a women's team? Sure you could. Uh, that would certainly be possible. But I, I don't know where you'd be able to play. Um, all right, I'm getting my emails together here. I've got to get them because they're all spread out today. Uh, Richard says, uh, Judd Fabian should change his approach. Here's, well, let me, I'll finish it. He's going to bust out of his slump sometime. In the meantime, he could drop a bunt, alter his stance, bat left-handed, alter his exercise routine, uh, or meditate. Richard, when you are in a slump, uh, it, you know, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, and I don't know, you know, sometimes coaches do one of two things to get you going. They'll either drop you down in the order where theoretically at least you would see more fastballs to hit, or number two, they stick you, they bat your lead off. Now, Florida's been playing better lately, and so the thought process is, I think, for Kevin O'Sullivan, don't get off a winning horse. You know, and hope that, you know, he'll, he'll get out of this. Because I, I don't know if you really want to mess up what you got now. Because there's holes in this lineup to be sure. But, again, they're, they're playing better. And let me also explain again uh, the road to Hoover. Tennessee has clinched a berth. Texas A&M has clinched a berth in the SEC tournament. Arkansas has clinched. Um, every, uh, Georgia, LSU, Vanderbilt, Florida, Ole Miss are all in. The teams that have not are South Carolina, Alabama, Kentucky, Mississippi State, and Missouri. South Carolina is 12 and 15 in the league, and they're a game behind Florida and Ole Miss. Alabama is 10 and 16, Kentucky 10 and 17. Mississippi State is 9 and 18, and Missouri is 8 and 19. So there are five teams that are playing for three spots. That's what the math boils down to. And right now, Florida and Ole Miss are tied for the 8 9 seed in the SEC tournament. That would mean Florida on Tuesday would play the third game, approximately 5.30. And remember, on Tuesday, if you lose, you are out. 
winner take all. And then you advance. And then if you go from there, it's double elimination. And there's all kinds of possibilities when it comes to where Florida could end up. I'm not going to get into that because I'm not that good at math. I can tell you, though, there are a lot of possibilities. Uh, okay, let's get Joseph here. Uh, he's got a softball question. If the Gators lose at home in this regional, Steve, would you consider it to be an unsuccessful season? No. And, and because, Joseph, of the word you used, unsuccessful. When you make a regional and you host, disappointing, yes, I, I would use that word. Would it be disappointing to lose a regional at home? Yes, no question. But, I, I mean, unsuccessful, I would not go there. Um, just don't think so. Um, all right, I only have two more emails, and i got to stall until we get to the raise. Um, but that's okay. Bill, uh, he actually has a really good question here. He says, um, as far as the SEC tournament is concerned, some people think it's not important. Witness what Mississippi State did last year. Do you agree? No, it's important. It, it, it can be important. But let me go back to last year. Arkansas, I think I'm right in this, had never won an SEC tournament championship, and they did. And they were ranked number one for a lot of the year. But guess what? They didn't get to Omaha. They lost a Super Regional at home. So that doesn't guarantee you anything. But what a tournament can do is for a team like Florida, if you make a run here, if you sweep South Carolina and you make a deep run in the SEC tournament, then you might, you might get a regional host out of it. So that's why the tournament is important. But like last year when Mississippi State tanked and, you know, Jeff and I did that game and we were just stunned. And Mississippi State's fans who really follow their team well, they travel, were just flabbergasted because they didn't use any pitching that was of any consequence. Well, they knew. They were a top eight. They were going to host. What? Why risk injury <coughs> to their pitchers? They used down-the-line pitching, and they got knocked out in two. Well, okay. Guess what? They won the College World Series. So would it shock me this year if Tennessee did that? It wouldn't shock me. Because you're – I know the league, no league, wants you to go to your tournament and tank. Nobody wants that. But in the end, if your league is the College World Series champion, what do you want more? Don't you want the recognition of your league having 
the national champion? Does anybody at Mississippi State now care that <coughs> they tanked last year? Of course not. Of course not. That's the bottom line. All right, one more email here. Uh, Jimmy. You talked about Coach Schlossnagel with Texas A&M. He's really turned that program around. Is this a dangerous team to play? Oh, yes. They're really good. And remember, they, A&M, did not make the SEC tournament last year. They didn't make the tournament. That's the, that's the turnaround that he has initiated for the Aggies. He's done a terrific job, and he's a terrific, terrific baseball coach. That's it for our show for today. Our thanks to <coughs> the Wisconsin softball coach, Yvette Healy. They literally were at the airport coming to town to, get, to come here for the, turn, for the original. Gabby Essex, Gator volleyball player, got to know her a little bit better. And Samantha Bohan, same thing, our first time to talk to her as the new Gator soccer coach. Thanks to Michael for producing. Don't forget tomorrow, Kevin O'Sullivan scheduled to join us. Dick Schroeder will preview the Preakness. We'll keep you updated on the PGA. But right now, I'm going to get you out for Rays Baseball live. Enjoy it. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your day. Gainesville, 2251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WR.